Welcome, 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 everyone, to another adventure into reality as I try to hold back a third sneeze just before the music cut off and we went on. I had those two things to sneeze. Kathy, welcome to the show as I mute for a second. Thank you so much. It is wonderful to be back. I love this show, Adventures into Reality. So much fun. I really think we're going to have a very interesting day today. I can just feel it. I think so, too. I, the, literally, just a second before I unmuted, I had that, that sneezing burst out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had them. <laughs> yeah, and it was two, and I know a third one was coming, but it was like, oh, <laughs> it was holding it back. <laughs> so, Kathy, how, how have you been the last week? You know, we had such really incredible callers the last couple of weeks. Yes, really great calls, and... It, you know, the range of topics we covered was just so vast. <laughs> you know, from everything on the galaxy end to way down on the physical toe end. It's just amazing. You just never know what's going to come up for you every day and what happens in people's lives every day and how just listening to them and talking to them about what's going on with them can really make a difference in your own life um, for our, not only ourselves but all the listeners. I mean, the feedback has been really amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and to have a listening audience that we do where, you know, half the audience is outside the United States. And as you can see from all the people that call from outside the country, outside the U.S. here, we are in a, in a unique position to, to present a global scale perspective, no longer just limited to our little bubble of reality in which we want to know that the psychic is real and the mystic is real. Because for you and, he, you and me, it's been since we were young. You know, since we decided that this was going to be our life path, our career, and our way of expression. Mm, yes, it really has been a wonderfully, I'm going to say, wonderfully long journey. <laughs> There's nothing short about it. <laughs> but it was exactly. Fun. <laughs> it's the scenic route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you think, you know, I wish there had been just a shortcut, but then I suppose I wouldn't have learned all that stuff. So. <laughs> I would have seen that tree or that that beautiful vista, whatever it was that, that we needed to we needed to see. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you think you could tell us a little snip of it about the event that's coming up? I mean, I'm so excited oh, about it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So for those of you who have not seen the, the videos yet, we I started a, a video series called uh, Brain Fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an interesting name. <laughs> Living the Mystical Life Daily. And that is a, a video series that leads into us having an event on September the 3rd and 4th in Seattle, Washington. And it's going to be a culmination of learning galactic history too. And then me teaching the audience how to read the Akashic records like I do. It will be a bit of an advanced course. So if you've not heard a lot of the material, it may be a little of a challenge for you. But if you've listened to some, you listen to these shows regularly, you'll hear the terminologies that I talk about from Galactic History 1 or the body of material that I've come up with. The next level here is to give people the same sets of initiations and skill sets that I learned when I was young so that they can begin to adapt their life path into incorporating sacred neutral as an observance form. Because that's ultimately how I read the Akashic Record, as a neutral being living this life daily, allowing the mystical life to flow through me, understanding that rituals and ceremonies do have patterns behind them, patterns that the world wants to interact with. 
This is known as synchronicities. And when you interact with synchronicities, you can learn how to create the many days, weeks, or months in the future. And this is a power that you have a responsibility to, a responsibility to stay neutral so that the positionings of yourself allows the polarities of the system to function around you, but to not polarize you yourself. Mm, wow. So besides, you know, listening to some of the material first, or at least be a bit familiar with it, is there anything else that people should focus on trying to do in preparation for this? Well, first thing first is to go to andrewbartzis.com and go to the events tab, or you can go to andrewbartzis forward slash journey, and you'll see living the mystical life daily there as a, as a, a window there. And all we want is your email, and we'll send you all the details on what the event is, as well as all of the free videos that, that go, with, go with the event. Mm. There's meditations, there's visualizations, and there's other, a number of other techniques that assist people in aligning their physical body, their energy body. Body with their unseen world that's around them. Um, very much an ancestral resolution look at expressions that gives the modern person, the modern spirituality, the framework to grow much beyond what is around them. Wow. I'm already getting super excited again just thinking about it. <laughs> well, Kathy, you're going to be there too. I know, I know. I'm like, ooh, September's not far away now. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. It'll be so exciting. Just to even be part of this, it's just really, really exciting to think about what you're going to learn and what you'll be able to access with all of the tools and techniques you're going to give is just mind-blowing. It's going to be two full days, nearly 10 hours of time where, where I'll be on the stage. Uh, we will be recording this event because this is the next layer of galactic history too. So for every one of you that, that wanted to be there you know, live when the first one was done, I can't tell you how many thousands of emails I have received or Tanach has received over the three years about how they wish they could have been there or they were within 50 or 100 miles of Mount Shasta when I was recording it. Mm. Well, now for all those people that want to be a part of that frequency, we're going to be hearing something brand new that hasn't been spoken in over 50 million years. <laughs> this will be the spot to go to. <laughs> 50 million years. <laughs> wow. Very, very exciting stuff. I can't even imagine. Don't tell me too much. <laughs> With that, I think it's time that we give Laura the old the old producer shake and say, "Hey, who's the next contestant on the wheel of callers?" No, and we're going to open the it first up. Wheel of caller is nine two eight. Your name and where you're calling from. Yeah, yeah, nine two eight. Just a just a delayed recording. Hi. Hi, Hello? 928. Your name and where you're calling from? Hi, Andrew. Kathy, this is Lisa from Flagstaff. Hi, Lisa from Flagstaff. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have gotten through. I just adore you guys and love you guys. And I've talked to you before, if you remember. Yes, I do. I do. The, the, the numbers every now and then start to, 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 to blend through. <laughs> Yay. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I had a, a an interesting weekend myself. It was one of those weekends to recapture a part of my my childhood where I was oblivious to the universe. Wow, <laughs> always good. 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I've experienced something like that, too, this weekend. What happened? Um, well, I got uh, really lucky, and I uh, won VIP tickets to one of my favorite bands, and I got to dance on stage. <laughs> wow. What band? So that was uh, Thievery, Thievery Corporation. No, never heard of them. You'll have to check them out. They're amazing. Like real... So you got uh, to reclaim your childhood there. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of questions did you have today? Well, I'm going to just kind of wing it because I don't have a question at the tip of my tongue, but I have been going through a lot of huge changes, hard stuff, beautiful stuff, everything in between, and um, just like really rapid um, evolution of Mm -hmm. my uh, spirit and soul. And um, it's been really intense and, like I said, really beautiful, too. And I guess I wonder if you guys can just give me a reading on, like, what is happening, you know, and right now. You're more observant than you were before. That's the first thing. And when you're more observant, you find yourself in a scenario where you're questioning every great mystery's fart. (laughs) 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 Right? Okay. Is that a way to help you dispel your own obsessing of what's been going on around you? Remember, as unentangled observers, to read the Akashic Record is there is no attachment to the information. And right now you have an attachment to the changes that are creating in you. Mm. Instead of having an attachment to the healing, which allows the creation of all of those other things to be, because they need to be a manifest in your awareness so you can remain neutral to them, so you can grow strength with them. Mm-hmm. Secondly, there's a whole bunch in your energy field that you're keeping in your energy field. And I know Kathy has her own perspective of how people suspend thoughts, like putting it something on the back burner for days, weeks, months, or years. And you've got a whole bunch of pots on the back burner that have been, you need to have water added to them. <laughs> Or they're going to be empty pots with nothing in them, steaming away. Mm. And what, do you think through um, different creative forms, uh, like writing, journaling, uh, music, writing You'll music? put together the 14-course meal and then not have to have anything on the stove anymore. So it's, you're talking about processing well, let's, let's use the food, the food scenario. For okay. a meal, let's, let's call it a seven-course gourmet meal where it comes out with the white gloves and everything and here's served your mystical experience. Does, do mystical experiences work that way? No, they don't. Uh, well, there's <laughs> it's not all one-sided, that's for sure. Right. It, it isn't that one-sided. So to understand each taste of the fork or spoon is a different mystical experience from each single pot. So Mm -hmm. it's time for you to start taste testing what you've created and take off the plate of creation something you know that's not going to fit the flavors of the others. What has been your your flavor of late? 
what has been occupying your mind. That's the flavor. Are you asking me? Yep. Uh, I think the concept of equanimity okay. uh, has been a really big uh, lesson for me lately. Uh-huh. What does equanimity mean to you? Equanimity means uh, to me just um, treating others as I would want to be treated and and being treated, you know, the way that I would want to treat others. Some, something that has a common moral code behind it. Exactly, exactly. Unfortunately, there is no common moral thread connecting all communities and cultures right now. It's individuals who carry that common moral thread. And you mm-hmm. have to understand that there are many out there who are not going to accept your thread and needle in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they will see it as an attack on their sovereignty of depression, regression, or obsession. Mm-hmm. So you must understand when you bring equanimity to others or equanimity is coming to you, there's a, an individual process of understanding that their realms are trying to blend with you. But there's also your process where you have to make a choice. There is a part of you that isn't going to blend with any of them because that's your personal mm-hmm. journey into yourself. And it isn't a separation of the selves. It's simply a, a separate, uh, sorry, a removal of the perspective of density. So all things are looking, looked at equally. I'll give you a metaphor and I'll, and I'll, re- and I'll relate with the food thing. In, in the metaphor, weeks ago you went shopping for a party of 10. And you got an RSVP reminding you it's only going to be a party of six. And when you go to cook, you look at your recipe, it's all for groups of ten, and you try to cut it down, and you made a mistake. And you still have all this extra food, and it's not exactly all cooked and prepared right, and you realize you overworked it, because there's only going to be six people coming. Uh-huh. So you have the wrong resources that you purchased and the right set of people. Okay? The resources are the things you've learned in your life. The experiences that you've had that culminate into this expression of getting people together to have a meal, to break bread, to share equanimity, to share the common moral thread, to possibly spread that to others in a way that cannot be presumed to be an, a, 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 an attack, but a presentation of logical thinking, conscious application of reason, spirit, and intellect. That's what I'm going for. So That's when you're gonna get up on when you're gonna get up on stage and testify? Well, I did last week. I did two days ago. <laughs> That's just once. You got a lifetime ahead of you of it. Yeah, and and so um, in terms of that, it's a little bit of a shift of gears. But um, in terms of um, being someone who might be up on the stage sharing. Mm-hmm. with others and um uh how do you recommend how do you and Kathy recommend um kind of maintaining energy levels and kind of creating container uh so that all the energy doesn't just fall out and then it's gone and then you know you're just depleted. I wanna bring Kathy in here a second and to just use the metaphor of stage fright here. You know, and she'll have her own metaphors because that's essentially where you're at right now. You're at the stage fright st- scenario. Um, 
Lisa, can you just explain that last bit that the energy, did you say draining of the energy? I couldn't hear the last bit you said very well. Uh, I don't know if I said that, but yeah, like when, um, hi, Kathy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to hear you and talk to you. Um, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, when, um, for me, I have a lot of energy and, and, um, and then it's easy for it to like fly out and then I feel depleted too. And so one of the things that I've worked on through uh, Qigong really seems to help, but kind of maintaining energy so that you feel that powerful force inside yourself and, mm-hmm. and I don't just let it all fall out. I think that's what I said. Fall, because you let uh, it all out and then, you're, you know, so I don't know if you have some advice. Well, on- I'd say, you know, when I look at you as a being and I look at your energy, to me, it's like you're running too much energy. Uh, And when people run too much energy, it does easily dissipate because you create it, you draw it, you pull it in, but you can't retain it. And this is probably this type of scenario or issue that you're describing. <clears throat> one, of, one of the main things, um, especially as a woman, that you really need to consider is you're very creative. I mean, all women are very creative. I'm not saying men are not creative, but women are more especially creative. So when you are um, creating energy and drawing energy towards you, you have to really think of yourself not being like a net, like a fishing net or a sieve. You have to think of yourself being more like a bucket, Okay, so mm-hmm. when you're when you're drawing it all in, you want to contain it, because the more you contain, the more that you can utilize it yourself, and then mm-hmm. redirect it and channel it out again to wherever you want, rather than not have a choice as to where it's going, and it's just like whoosh in out in out, um, mm-hmm. because then that is tiring, and this is probably part of why you've also feeling a bit tired because you're having all this massive energy come through but you're not getting to enjoy it and retain it and let it, you know, uh, flow all through you, get down to your fingernails, get down to your toenails, and then go back up to your nostrils. You want to create it so that, um, like you mentioned uh, qigong before, like, you know, that's really good how you bring it in, you take it out, breathe it in, breathe it out. But for you, you also want to think about keeping those doors closed once you have it in. So you're playing with it like an energy ball within yourself. Because mm-hmm. the more that you can do that, the more that you can focus that energy on different places. Um, one of the things that you can do is, um, of course, grounding. I mean, I probably say this every week, but grounding, grounding, grounding. <laughs> Because the more grounded you are, the more uh, easy it will be to trap this energy within you. I mean, the, the energy that you want to keep. Um, like if it's yeah. too much energy, of course, let some out. Don't, don't keep it all in. <laughs> explode. <laughs> we don't want to explode. No, no. We just want a nice <laughs> lot to fill us up, generate inside ourselves, and to regenerate all the cells, especially, you know, going back to being woman, like every month your body biologically is creating, it is, you know, creating the eggs, you're having the menstrual cycle and all of that takes a lot of energy out of your body. Mm. 
within yeah. your body and out of your body. So it's really helpful to be able to draw more energy in to help you fill up and regenerate. Um, and when you can do this, you will find that grounding is so much easier. And once you're grounded and you've got all this energy within you, it's easy to deal with issues or face the world. Or, you know, if you're on the um, stage of life and you, you get a bit, oh, I don't know if I can do this. You just call on those resources of energy and you think, you know what? I can kick this ass. I can get there. I can do whatever. And it gives you that energy and the confidence and the strength that you need to face challenges that can seem overwhelming or mm, confusing, I suppose. Um, because it's not so much that they're draining. It's that you spend too much energy thinking about them. Whereas if you've got this all trapped up, you're grounded and you're faced with these challenges, you're like, you know what? I got this. You know mm -hmm. what? You don't affect me. <laughs> well, maybe a little right. bit affect me, but I can do it. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, go ahead. A lot of it is attitude um, once you're in that place because when you're in that place and you're running that really nice, efficient energy, a lot of things are achievable. At the moment, because you're drawing so much energy and you're not managing to retain it, it's the drain. It's the mm -hmm. exhaustion. It's the, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. And, you know, when, <laughs> when, you, when you run that much energy as well, you also do need to think about, oh, what is my public persona going to be? Because you're suddenly full and full of your own energy I mean, you could even say full of yourself, you know, <laughs> in a uh -huh. good way. And then yeah, yeah. what are you going to do with it? Because now right. you've got to the next step. It's like there's no longer, oh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not focused. Where am I going to go? You have to sort of think about, well, this is where I would like to go. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's going to be another challenge for you because – you will be able to do this very quickly. Now that I've said the words to you, I know you can easily do this. But then just like that, twack, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? I mean, Whew. you're like yeah. a turbo engine. And then, you know, you need the highway. <laughs> <laughs> that stage oh, is coming up awfully fast. <laughs> it's, yes, I, it's um, definitely been on my mind a lot. Um, the first, show you guys had actually it might have been I was the first caller on your first show that you guys started last fall this show and wow. um our I first know, official so, show uh, or an accidental show <laughs> this, 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 this official show this this one I mean I know there's been a lot of adventures in reality but this one with you two yeah um Excellent. so I was your, after your first caller and then I think I called again and it was that, and I was the last caller on that one, and it was on that particular show. And, um, but what I, you know, I told Andrew that I'm a botanist, and he was um, forthcoming with this beautiful information about uh, me channeling the plants. And so I, and I already was doing that, but it was cool to hear it from him. And, okay, um, that's the music coming in. Just hold on and oh, we'll get back to okay. your story when the break is over. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa.
Welcome back, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us today to listen to Adventures into Reality. And remember, everyone, you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanok at Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. That is T-E-N-O-C-H. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. Lisa, are you still there? I'm here, Kathy. Great. So you were telling us that you and Andrew had talked about the botany and talking to the plants yeah and it was really um you know it's something that i've always kind of done is talk to the plants but yeah he was talking about you know really kind of going into that and then another thing that i i do is um i'm an herbalist type of person too so i do a lot of that kind of work but it would be wonderful to hear your guys um input on that because like so many people out there we are wanting to figure out our path you know in in the in not just in life in general but you know in the way of supporting ourselves and our family mm-hmm. did you say herbologist uh-huh yeah i do a lot of uh plant medicine uh work i make a lot of plant medicines oh uh, like could you give me an example um, you know, just collecting certain plants that I find very useful in making tinctures or salves or things like that. Mm-hmm. Which would you know, which would be your go-to herb? Well, right now I'm uh, really um, into chaga, mm. which um, is um, prized in in Chinese medicine and. Um, the Siberians used it. It's it is uh, a it's a, related to mushrooms, and so mm-hmm. I make this tea, and and I've been actually selling that to friends because it really helps people who have cancer or other serious illnesses. So it's a pretty it's a powerful, but you can drink it every day. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. it's an everyday um, adaptogen. Mm. Have you ever heard of the Australian bushflower essences? Uh, flower essences, yeah, of course. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I just see that keep coming up for you. It's like you have a, a real affinity with them. Uh, so that is cer- certainly something that I would explore and to add to your little trinket, uh, uh, what do you call it, a trinket on your bow, so to speak, because uh, <laughs> I, I think that you would have amazing results with things like that. Um, there could be other different types, but what I'm seeing is the Australian bushflower essences coming up for you. So certainly I would explore that. I think you would also find that you really gel with the imagery of it. So even just look up the internet and have a look at all the, the flower types because there, there'll be a couple that really speak to you. And to me, it seems like they're quite accessible. They're easy for you to get. Um, mm. So I, I don't see that it's like very cost restrictive. Um mm. Also, you really should consider growing your own special herbs. Um, in and uh, do you have a, a store? Uh, no, I, I'm just sort of a one girl show. <laughs> okay. Just, well, why don't you consider? But I'm ready. I'm ready to expand. Not have a physical store, but I'm ready to. Yeah, get online. My going and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because I just, I just, 
I'm working on it. You know, it's a, it's a slow process. <laughs> Uh, you know, tell me about it. I know, you You know, it sounds so easy, right? But even just to, to write two lines of text is very difficult, let alone put up a whole website. <laughs> oh, well, the website is what's hard for me. The writing part is easy, but the website part, I'm definitely going to need help with that. And, mm. you know, it's funny that you mentioned the flowers because I just wrote, I'm a musician too, and I just wrote a song about flowers. Oh, wow. Like two, days, like two days, like two or three days ago. See those flowers are calling your name already, Lisa. I guess so. Lisa, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Yay! But you certainly really need to consider something like that because I think that the creations that you're making are wonderful. Um, they are very effective, and because the products are small, it's easy to do something like an online, you know, specialty to kind of store. Um, mm-hmm. They. The salves that you use, the, um, I don't want to call them medications. What do you call them when you give it to someone? The, the remedies. Remedies, that's it. Yes, that's a much better word. (laughs) The remedies, um, and even just the, uh, essences that you will develop in the end for little adding things for drinks. Um, I also see that that there's a lot of success with anything cream-based. So I know you do a lot of um, remedial uh, remedy things for certain, let's say, problems or illnesses, etc. But I really want you to start thinking about face because I think that you can create something that would really be helpful for, um, and I don't mean anti-aging, but like problem skin, you know, um, acne, severe acne, pockmarks in the skin, something that you have in your mind that you haven't fully finished creating yet will have amazing um, results on people's face, especially adolescents. So that is something that I would definitely say check that out. You just have an oh, affinity with things, uh, all things well, face-related. <laughs> wow. Well, Maybe this is know, part of I your stage. <laughs> What was that? Maybe this is part of your stage, getting up there, being on stage, being in front, the the imagery, the face. The face, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an amazing herb that grows around here that if you crush it up and mix it, I usually just do did water, but you could mix it with, you know, some other things. And it gets rid of acne and it's just super available. But And I always wonder how come people don't put this all over their teenagers? But yeah, so maybe... That's what you're connecting into because there is something that I've used in my grow and um, yeah, how interesting, wonderful. Yeah, you. well, you, you definitely, you know, are halfway there already. So definitely apply on the face, cream, spray, whatever it is, whatever comes to you, I think that will be a big seller. So I like that in terms of finances as well because, you know, it's it's an easy thing. I mean, I hate to sound like I'm just a, a marketing girl from this perspective, but, you know, it's easy to market. You can make good money off it, and it is easy for you to produce. Perfect. Perfect. I know. I'm going to get – to work in my kitchen laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in and thank you for being our first caller. I really, oh, what, how you. fantastic is that? <laughs> I'm and, only and it, your, 
Hi, Andrew. What was hey. that? And reminder, you know, think of all the kids you could help, and all you need is a high school wherever there is acne. I know. You have products. <laughs> I know. When you finish developing it, please let us know because I know people that need it. <laughs> you got it, and, I, and thank you so much to both of you. And I hope to see you next um, fall. Excellent. Thank excellent. You. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye. Have a good day. Kathy, we got our, our special callers, you know, our first caller of our of our first show and not our technical first show. I know, I know. <laughs> For those of you that don't don't know the story, we were supposed to start on October the 14th. Originally, it was supposed to be our original show. And uh, I woke up one morning and I got a, a, a call that, you know, they were having issues with the Skype in the station. And my Skype was working because everyone's Skype went down and there was nobody on the station. So I went in and grabbed the studio and said, like, Kathy, do you want to come in? And our show started a week early, right at the time we were supposed to start. Anyways, <laughs> and we're like, oh, should we do that day? Oh, let's just do it in a week later. <laughs> yeah. It was the, the infamous day of a Windows update and a Skype update simultaneously, and no one's computer worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing like just you know the universe saying, you know, start now. I said, start now. <laughs> exactly, I said, start now, <laughs> and there was our first caller. Exactly, no more farting around. <laughs> exactly, you start now. <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, before the show started, we were both saying we feel in our bones something is going to happen today, and there it is. <laughs> exactly. And there it is. Well, Kathy, let's move on to the next caller. Our next caller is Kristen. Your name is your, – Kristen, where are you calling from today? Hi there. It's actually Kirsten, and I'm Kirsten. calling from Vancouver Island, Canada, just north of you, not too far. Oh, very, very nice. So what kind of questions do you want to ask today, Kirsten? Well, I'm um, actually, it's, I'm calling on behalf of my stepson, uh, Shane. And the reason why I'm doing a little bit of an introduction is he has an extremely quiet voice. So I'm going to let uh, him take over, or you take over with him, but I'm, I'm on hand if I need to uh, speak up for him if you can't quite hear him. Okay. So go do, you ahead, want to give me a, do you want me to yeah. give a little introduction on him? Yeah, 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 give me a quick introduction and we'll just go okay. with his question. So Shane is 19 years old. Uh, he came to live with his father and I. I'm a stepmother, and I just want to make that clear because his mother will probably come into this at one point. Um, he came to live with us about two years ago. He had been estranged from his dad. And when very shortly after he came to live with us, we realized that he had a fantastic ability. Um, he's been told by a few people that he's a very powerful healer, and we see evidence of it. Um, mainly, he needs to... I think makes sense of some of it and because of living in a very strict Christian household where uh, you know it was suppressed and not talked about he, yep. he didn't know what was going on for a long time but going back to why his voice is really quiet Shane is actually a twin and he was born at 25 weeks gestation so barely viable and knowing what we know now it seems as though Shane was being attacked maybe even in the womb and when he was just about two months old, he needed to have uh, open heart surgery to cover that flap in the heart that normally covers, you know, just before you reach term. Mm -hmm. And the intubation tube scratched his vocal cords. So it's okay. left him with a really quiet, weak voice. But then at the age of 14, he also had thyroid cancer. So putting all these things together, it just seems very like he, they're trying to quiet him. Um, when somebody has a life that is that hard... It's not about quieting. It's about suppressing the soul. Yeah. 
So let's use the right terminology. But every soul makes a choice to come in here no matter how much the suppression is because they have a date. And that date says if they can come up with a viable set of agreements and spiritual contracts with soul family members, they go in on that date. If they don't, they have to step out of the line and let someone else in. Okay. So oftentimes, we choose these lives because, unfortunately, in hundreds of lifetimes past, we made choices to not deal with certain types of energies. So, so Shane is 19 now. He came from a, a, a Christian background. Um, that's not uncommon. I have had met many powerful healers that have come out of that and have been able to reclaim their faith, stay, stay neutral with the church, and have an understanding there are great angelic beings all throughout the world. Well, and as far as Christianity is concerned, that's, it's really no here nor there. It almost feels like we're all past that now, and we realize that there's something greater. So, Right, something greater than what was defined previous by our 1,000 and 2,000-year-old generations of ancestors. Yes. So let me go ahead and talk to him, and let me tune in to him. Sure. Hi, how's it going? Very good, Shane. How did you come to learn about my material? I uh, just hear it uh, with Kirsten. Um, she plays it every now and again, and, uh, yeah, it, it helps me, uh, from some of the stuff you say. Like, like, what kind of the stuff has helped you? Is it, is it just been the, the st style of the presentation, or is it the actual information? Just the information, uh, has really helped. Um, so have you had visions during your life? Um, kind of. I, I don't really know if they're visions or just imagination, but uh, yeah, I've, I've had a few you would call visions, I guess. Okay. Most of the time when we think we are, we are in a random fantasy that pops out of nowhere, it is a mystical vision. We are al almost always misinterpreting what its purpose and its meaning is. Okay. Okay. So as I'm scanning you, I'm, I'm discovering there's a whole lot of holes currently in your aura. Have you had a lot of screaming and fighting matches with other people? Or them yelling at you and you walking away and holding it in? Uh, uh, kind of, yeah. Do you mean physical people or in spirit realm? Bo both. Both. I see that with Shane in the physical for sure. Yeah, he shuts down when we, you know, just get on his case about the teenager things of cleaning up and whatnot. That, that's that's teenager. This is this is something different. This is a suspended argument that's still in inside his heart, that's stopping his personal progression. Um, at some point, I'm going to call this between seven, early seven, very very early seven, and very late nine. So just becoming before a ten year old, there was a moment in which you would. I would say, in metaphor, if you've ever seen a full autistic child have a meltdown, have you ever seen mm, that? Not in person. Have you seen right, that? Well, no. This didn't physically happen in him. It spiritually happened in him during an argument with someone who was a sole family member that was changing contracts and essentially getting him, extricating himself out of his life. It was some family member at that moment that somehow he was very psychically linked to where he was still a fetus in the womb and he was that that person was supposed to be necessary a part of his life in that early, early time and they weren't i 
Shane's kind of physically affected right now by what you're saying. I know because uh, he know he knows what's going on, and it's it's tough. And this is where we have to do a bit of a healing, where you have to put your hands over your heart and say to your body, "Go ahead and do this now. I let this go. I am no longer that seven year old who made a choice to be frustrated, to be angry." Yes, that person made promises, but they could not physically do it. Look how hard it is to live in this lifetime just by myself. I cannot judge or understand everything in the world. I can only act from what I know my personal responsibility to myself is. Ask that your heart and the flaps on your heart be healed of this wound. This person will come back around in another lifetime and know that is your honored respect and their honored respect. You can no longer allow yourself to be used by the old energies of anger and suppression. You must transmute and transform them into creation, inspiration, and dreams. And your heart is the way that that works. It is the machine that keeps the spirit alive here in the now. That was powerful. Okay. So, Shane, have you ever had a head injury? Uh, Fall off a bike or anything? Yeah, I fell off a bike. I was running down the hill uh, with my stepfather, and he was behind me. And I went to turn around to see if he was there. Um, And I just fell and hit my head and just rolled down the hill. Yeah. Well, how old were you? Uh, about 13. Yeah. So, what's, what's going on there? there there's actually been a several, several other head injuries, which I don't even think you realize are affecting you. Um, first thing first is when you came out of the womb early, your head was naturally misshapen, but that happens to anyone that, that's, given, that's given emergency birth. Just inevitable. It's not like a forceps baby. It's so totally different than this. Um, that means the cranial plates on your head never got to set right. And then when you had your sets of injuries, all children fall and hit their head. It's inevitable. Okay? Since that time, your body has never been able to reach the natural expression of where your shoulders align to the back of your neck. So if you know anything about medical terminology, where, where C6 and C7 come together, that's the knob on the back of your neck, right where your two shoulders come together. Yeah. You have a, a, a bruising injury there that is swelled around your um, spinal cord. And that bruising over a, years and years and years of unawareness has created scar tissue. And that scar tissue has limited the fascia that actually hold the nerves and the ganglions in place and has restricted them. So it is really, really, really important that you start getting regular massages of your shoulders, under your shoulder blades, inside your armpits, and on the front of your sternum. You know, you may have an issue with people touching you, but this is something that needs to be worked out. And I want you to think of the person that's working on you rolling dough. If you ever seen anyone roll and, 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 and knead dough, that is what you are in very much need of. If you can find someone that's a cranial sacral therapist and be willing to go to four to five or six, even, even six sessions, I think you could even cure up, clear up the issue with your throat from having um, the tube that was pulled out. 
Um, I believe all of that is a synaptic issue so that when you were growing, the synaptic nerve endings got overblown with, with pain energy as a baby, and then the subsequent natural head injuries that we all take confounded with the bike injury has really set a negative frequency of body energy within you. And if you were able to do this and possibly combine it with some form of detox, colon ends and de colon detox, you're going to find yourself come out, come out of the fog of war. So can I just interject here? Because um, one thing that his dad and I are trying to figure out, I mentioned he's a twin and his brother Kyle uh, sustained a an uh, injury after birth, very soon after birth, and he's been left with cerebral palsy. But, I mean, they, they were born at 25 weeks. There was struggles for both of them, and, and we believe at one point, or his dad anyways believes, that Shane was also deprived of oxygen. He's He did fine in school. You know, he can manage a day. But sometimes, as parents, we wonder if there are any cognitive delays. We're really trying to figure this out right now. This isn't about cognitive delays in him. Okay. You're you're not going to find the medical terminology. Think of the term um, synaptic suppression. If his whole spirit can't come into the little tube that's the body, it's only a drip, drop, drip, drop. And his whole spirit was supposed to be in the body coming out of birth. Therefore, his synaptic nerve endings, the physical body nerve endings that are supposed to accept the energy of the spirit, are very restricted. Okay, restricted from the body's swelling, restricted from the body's retaining of emotions, as well as the body not being able to connect to the spirit whenever it should, should choose to because the amount of energy that it requires to do that. And this is why he's developed skills that create visions, that, that express healing so he can manifest it on himself and then ultimately do something with it as a life path for the world. I very much, very much believe that he's going to be one of those genius healers if he can heal himself first. Mm -hmm. Heal himself enough to recognize what the term fog of war means. He just had to run away from the computer. Those words were powerful. Yeah, he's, I know. He's listening. But I'm still talking to his spirit that's still listening, and there's a whole telepathic set of communications going on there that he's aware of in one level and unaware of in another level. The whole purpose of his call here was to recognize that he has future in this world and that he is respected in this world. And you are that guide and guardian for him into self-respect where he didn't have this respect for the skill before. But he's developed it because of the life that he's lived from the day that he was born to do what he's doing, to show the rest of the world. You can be born at 26 weeks. You can have a twin that has cerebral palsy. You can become an incredibly powerful spiritual healer that can deal with other people who have their own limitations because their limitations will not be able to stack up to what he went through in this life. So can I know Shane's just having a moment here, but I know one of his questions was, um, can you maybe talk a little bit about his difficult relationship with his mother and what that means and what he can do? Yes, I want to bring Kathy in here to do that, and I will add some layers to this because this is a complicated process here. Thank mm -hmm. you. It certainly is very complex. Um, one of the first things I would say is, you know, my biggest sense about this call is one of the most important things I guess I want Shane to hear and take with him later is that 
we hear you. We know what you're going through. We actually do know, and you're not alone. I think that is something that's going to help you through the next few years as you struggle through all this a bit because it is going to be hard. I mean, I wish I could say it's going to be easy, but it's not going to be that easy. But it's worth it because when you come out the other end, you're just going to be amazed at the change that you actually made for yourself. But you are not alone. That is the thing that you need to remember. And by that, I don't mean your parents are there, you know, your brother is there or your friends are there. What I mean is globally, there are other people like you that are thinking like you, that are feeling similar to you, obviously not the same, but you are really not alone. And just knowing that really can make a big difference in feeling safe and in feeling secure within yourself. So having said that, let, let's go to the um, address the mother. So what you're saying is that, um, Kirsten, that Shane has a very difficult relationship with his biological mother? Yeah, um, it, it has part to do with the religion. She doesn't know about any of this of what Shane's become since he's come to live with us. But... Um, Aside from that, I mean, she has her own issues. She was sexually abused for many years by a family member, and it got swept under the rug when it was, you know, discovered. Mm -hmm. So her thing is control. It's always been extreme, extreme control growing up. And she's still somewhat trying to control him, even though it's just, you know, very minimal text. They, she lives, um, well, we're on an island. She lives on the mainland, but about seven hours drive away. So he hasn't seen her, I don't think, since the day that he came to live with us, since we drove away with him. Mm -hmm. um, but they communicate, but it's still difficult because, you know, she's still trying to control him. Mm -hmm. Is is that like a couple of years? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you it, did it, say it, but it, I forgot. It was just two years at the beginning of this month that he came to live with us. Oh, mm -hmm. so I'm sorry. We did see them briefly. They have family here on the island and they stopped by mm -hmm, mm -hmm. About a year ago. Okay. Um it's a multifaceted issue, to be honest. Let me take a little bit by little bit. Um, oh, that's the break. Can you just hold on and we'll get back to you as soon as the music is finished? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the awesome, amazing Andrew Bartzis. Oh, and don't forget, for those of you interested in a private session and that want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, go ahead and call the office now at 1 for US 360-894-0692, and they will be happy to answer any questions you have. Again, the number for a one-on-one -on -one session with Andrew and myself is 360-894-0692. Uh, and Kirsten, are you still there? Yes, we are. Hi. Um, we're about to address the issue of the biological mother and Shane. Um, and I would think I was saying it was a multifaceted uh, issue, really. Um when I look at the energy of Shane and his mother, I really think that probably, you know, a long time ago there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, 
I, I don't really like using the word um, manipulation, but, you know, often sometimes mothers uh, have to fall back on different techniques to cope and deal with a child because they really are not well-skilled at um, uh, communication with a young child. So the old fallback often is manipulation. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's um, just the way it is. Uh, because Shane is such an intelligent kid that it's very difficult to... Um, let's say, order him about. When he was young, I'm sure that there was a lot of um, uh, emotional uh, wheeling and dealing, let's say. I'm struggling for words here because the, the bond between mother and child is very complicated and it's very difficult to cut it up and talk about it without it seeing cold. And I don't mean to make it sound cold. I just... Um, can't think of uh, better words to use. So um, I'll, I'll just use these phrases that I'm a bit more familiar with. Um, because a child is so smart and so intellectually advanced, it's difficult for a mother to look at a small child and use the normal, well, if you don't do this, you have to go to bed early or, okay, there'll be no lollies for you then. I mean, those kind of things would not have worked on Shane because he's already, his mind's like way ahead and like, wait, what you just said is not logical because of X, Y, Z. So therefore, your summary and what you're asking me to do is wrong. <laughs> and it's very difficult for a child to explain his thought process because he doesn't even understand it. Um, so the fallback is, you know, emotional manipulation or withholding of things, which many parents have done before. And, you know, you're talking about, to, what, 10 not not quite 20 years ago, where parents didn't have access to a lot of information or different learn how to use different techniques and communication skills. So, you know, she, she did what she thought was right and what was necessary. Um, it probably was not the best way to have uh, approached him because clearly it didn't work very well. But at least... I guess understanding where she was coming from helps understand what she did um, and the ideas that were formed in her head. Uh, I'd say the mother is um, a very strong personality and when you said you mentioned that she's probably not aware of um, Shane's healing capabilities or what he's going through at the moment, I, w I would actually suspect that she was aware but just couldn't accept it um the way her mind works and her reality works is not geared towards more alternative things and universal um energies and light and um forces power whatever you want to call it so for her it was quite difficult to accept or acknowledge that this thing existed in her own child um and that's probably another reason that she was a bit more cold or a bit more strict over certain things that seem to us a little bit OTT. Um, and one of the things that Shane needs to understand um, and start to comprehend is that you're no longer in that position anymore. You know, mum's power or hold on you doesn't exist the same as it did. You have free will and I mean, I suppose it's very easy to say mum's powers 
hold you no longer, but that it is true to a huge degree. And the sooner you can accept that and realize it to be true, the less that she will have that psychic hold on you. Um, and even though your contact has been minimal over the last few years, just through text and uh, a brief um, viewing of her, it's hard for your body memory not to go back into that panic and the shock because, I mean, something you got brought up with, it's like um, it's like going to the gym. You have the body memory of the actual exercise that the exercise that sorry, exercises that you do and your body just swings back into it as without you even thinking. And the same goes for parents too. When you hear the voice, you see the person or certain words are spoken to you, you just fall back into that um, emotional body memory that you have and it does create panic in you and all, all sorts of stirring up of feelings. Um, so one of the things you really need to do is do some work on that for yourself, you know, whatever it is. Um, for example, you could think of the keywords that she says to you or has said to you in the past that, you know, make you panic and literally write those words out, say them to yourself so that they lose power over you. Um, even if it's a photo of her, I mean, and I, I don't mean hang it up in your room, um, but just keep looking at it so that the imagery of her doesn't invoke those emotions in you. Because the more that you do this, the more that you expose yourself to the things that give you um, internal angst, the more you realize that you can take a handle on it and you have the control, you have the power to let it not affect you the same. Does that make sense for you, Shane? Uh, yeah. Mm. It's It sounds like really easy, but it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, even just looking at a picture sometimes, like, <gasps> and, you know, you're like not break out into a sweat, but, you know, it's that clutch in your tummy that it's like you didn't hand in your homework. <laughs> um, and, and it's hard. It, it takes time. It takes time for that energy to not affect you the same. But when you can reclaim that part of yourself and not let it affect you as much. I mean, you know, we're all going to be affected by our parents to a certain degree and we're going to carry that for life. There's there's no getting around that. But you can change that to be in the neutral rather than in the, I'm just going to call it panic. It's not totally panic, but that's probably the easiest word to use. Um, and then when you're in the neutral, then you can really think about what you want to have that relationship with. I mean, what kind of relationship do you want with her? Like, um, whether it's, okay, I'm I'm okay with, you know, we'll, we'll do texting once a month and let's create new memories. Let's create a new form of relationship. I mean, there's going to be blowback to a certain degree because, of course, she's going to be used to the way that you two have done things all your life. But the more that you can be in that neutral and be in that power space of yourself and create a new um, type of communication, the more that you will empower yourself and you will see for yourself that she is capable of change. You know, at the moment you think she's not, but she is. She knows who you are. You think she doesn't know, but she knows. But whether she can admit it to herself is a different completely different issue but she needs to get to know you of the now and you of the future not you of the past but you need to also form you of the now and you of the future at the moment you're in that state of flux where you know there's a lot of change coming up you just don't know what to do don't know how to handle it so 
I've talked about this a lot, take baby steps. And for you, tiny baby steps. Do it one thing at a time. Only do as much as you're ready to do. Let no one judge you. If you're not ready, it takes you a year to get ready to do one text, then it takes a year. It doesn't matter because it's about you, how you feel, and what your relationship is going to be. It's up to you to forge something new and you need to create this new form of communication. How do you want to do it? Because the relationship between you and your mum will define you a lot over the next 10 years. So it's something that you can't run from. It's just what are you going to do about it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's hard. Just take your time with it. Don't don't worry about it. You don't even need to discuss it. What we've talked about today, you don't even need to discuss it with anyone. Just when you're ready. And it will take as long as it takes. Another part of the relationship with you and your mum is that she really thinks of you as a child. I mean, the truth is all mums probably think of all of us as children. I mean, you know, my dad thought I was like 12 for probably 20 years. <laughs> it's it's just the way it goes. So the more she can see the man coming at you, the more she can accept things are moving on. And when she can accept things are moving on, a lot of your relationships, your whole family relationships will be a lot easier because she, she comes out of love. She worries about you and she's fearful. She has a lot of fear inside of her. And that a lot of that fear has been passed on to you, whether you're aware of it or not, because you have a lot of fear, not just because of this relationship, but a lot of things have happened in your life that have given you fear and reason to give you fear. And it's a question of how you're going to cope with that fear from now on in. Don't worry about what happened before. What are you going to do it from today onwards? And one of the most important things you need to realize about the fear that you hold is that you can replace it with all sorts of things. I mean, the world is your oyster. You don't have to hold on to this fear. I mean, of course, a small bit of fear, like, you know, fear of heights, etc. these things you might want to hold on to. <laughs> but, you know, the big things, you don't need to hold on to that. But then what are you going to replace it with? And this is part of your soul searching that you're going to go through. Where are you going to go over the next few years in your life? What are the new experiences that you want to find in your life that are going to give you new memories and fill up all this space in your heart and your being? Is it going to be discovery, joy, pain, laughter, sadness, happiness, bliss? I mean, I'm just naming things out there. So you have to think about what it is you want to invite into your life. Because you're a very powerful being, a being and you have this uh, big healing energy around you. So in, in uh, for your stepmom, Kirsten, I think she is completely right in that she sees that in you. You have to think about, wow, what do I want next? Because I can create. I'm sorry, I think I might have lost you there for a minute. No, nope, we're still here. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so I am a great healer, and where do I want to take this? And don't be daunted by, oh, I'm a great healer, therefore I must become a swami and heal people. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be as simple as, you know, I'm going to heal myself, I'm going to heal some people around me, and I'm just going to see where it takes me. I might choose this path, I might not. But either way, I have this ability that I could or couldn't use. But it, that choice is yours. Don't be daunted by what you're discovering you have or what 
or this or the power you have to create things because it can be a bit freaky when you when you're putting out that abundance thoughts and you're asking for situations to happen and then they happen you're like <gasps> it, it's no need to be scared but it's more about knowing that you have these abilities what do you want out of it you know and and that's a very difficult question for anyone not just you and not just at your age did i kind of answer your question uh yeah yeah it, it sounded very correct to me too so I, I got a layer i want to add on to your mother um this is more of the the psychic perspective so when you were born you were born with a set of spiritual contracts that said your birth was going to happen a certain way. And you must understand you have to forgive your mom for all of her shortcomings. Um, for those that know my story, I had an issue go on when I was very young. I broke my neck and it went undiagnosed for many years. Not until I was many, many years older did I discover that I had you know, three broken vertebrae in my neck. Um, I was never sent to a, a hospital, but you know, kids injure themselves. You know, it was back at a time where it was a different, very different world. And I couldn't forgive my mother for the longest time for that. And I had to because it was the only thing I could do to heal myself, to understand that she was doing the best she could do at that moment in time. And the fact that you're here, you're alive, you're, ni not, you're 19, you're not in jail, and you have people that love you, you have to see that as the victory. Because she could have gone, in a, in a term, demonic on you. And sent such negative energies your way that you would have never survived. But that was the challenge of a rough birth with a child, another twin who has cerebral palsy, who you're connected to and not connected to. You know, since the moment of this conversation, I've been having a telepathic conversation with you and your twin. And at some point, you need to talk about him and your relationship with him. How do you mean, Andrew? Because the we're estranged from him and his sister right now, and that's obviously a concern of ours. It's only estranged in the physical. He's a twin. It's innate within him. He doesn't even realize at times he's lending his brain to his twin or the twin's lending his brain to him. This is why he can heal so good. This is why the mystical is in him now, so that he as the twin can rise to the top to heal himself so that he can access telepathic communication Work with his twin, heal his twin to the point that he can achieve some form of verbal communication holding long forms of sentences together, and they will begin to translate universal healing expressions together. And it is a journey to get there, and you aren't exactly ready just yet. You need to go and heal your neck. You need to heal your body. You need to let go of the traumas of beating yourself up because you played a video game for too long or whatever it was that set mom off that made you need to leave. Forgive yourself of being an innocent child who didn't know any better. He's having a moment. He had to step away from the computer, but he can still hear you. I know. Uh, I'm talking to him telepathically. He's an incredibly yeah. powerful telepath. And that's where you as the guide and the guardian can set something up for him, a, a set of courseworks. You know, something at the top end would be, you know, maybe matrix energetics, cranial sacral therapy, or pranic healing, pranic touch, or all three. 
and I'll tell you, this kid will be a superstar at it. There will be, will be people that will offer him the best of the best to work on cruise liners, to go into you know, their own shop, their own, their own places, because his hands will be that good, and they will bring the people. His hands are already very good. He's been able to help us with you know, some bumps and bruises, headaches and things immediately. But that was one question that we had, because he's looking at starting in September um, – uh, a, a natural healing college that's not too far from us here and I think we're just really struggling if that's a, a good place to start or if maybe he should do something different something different yeah that okay. that will be something he'll want to do to continue his education but he will he will rapidly discover that the teachers at those college aren't going to be able to teach him what he wants only mm-hmm. patients and clients will be able to teach his mind and his brain of that has experienced so much the next level. And then after a while, it won't even be about patience. A few years of the four, five, six, seven years, it won't even be about the patience. To, to him, it'll be each patient's like, you know, walking out to pick the paper up and come back. It'll be that easy. And then he'll have to discover, how do I translate what I've learned in the co-shared experience of being a twin? Whether the twin's alive or dead actually doesn't matter. Whether you're close to him or not doesn't matter. They are that DNA intertwined as spirit and soul. So the more he heals and the more he changes himself, his twin will emanate the energy that is needed for the other family to heal. Do you understand that? Not Shane, you. Um, I understand that, yes. That is something you need to reiterate to him. The more you heal, the other family is healed in unknowingness through your twin, through the emanation of that energy. He is the wheel of change. And is also the person that must put the pedal to the wheel. Okay. Yep. Okay. For for education, you know, you'll hear me on this radio show talk about cranial sacral, cranial sacral. I cannot speak enough about that process and all of the little other modalities that that go in conjunction with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he could do cranial sacral therapy if you find the right the the go to upledger.com. You'll be able to find four-day certification classes and eight-day certification classes. Okay. So that's one. Quantum healing, quantum touch, pranic healing, as well as becoming a yoga instructor. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yoga is teaching people how to heal on their own through the energy. He's giggling. He's giggling at the yoga one. <laughs> All right. Can uh, we accept, ask yeah, accepting that your hands do something is one level. Accepting that it's your spirit working with the divine is another level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shane, what was your question? <laughs> he doesn't know. Um, we want to ask about the land where we live. My husband is native, and um, it just seems very curious that Shane came to live with us, and then a few months later we moved about a 1,000 kilometers from where we were because we used to live in Alberta. And um, my husband grew up on the south end of the island, but his um, traditional territory where his people are from is where we are now. So we're actually living on the reserve where um, my husband's ancestors are from. And the ancestors have made themselves known to Shane. Um, He was walking the dog one day along the river, 
river and he saw the ancestors and ceremony and all dressed up, but he didn't know what to do. They weren't threatening him. I think they were there to teach him something, but he needed to initiate. But we've also been told, uh, we live at the mouth of the Big Qualicum River and it's, it uh, empties out into the Salish Sea, which is what it's called on the inside passage here between uh, the island and the mainland. And we have heard somewhere between 100 or 200 years ago, there was a great massacre. I think um, the Haida came down from Haida Gwaii and they were, you know, stealing women and children so they could diversify their lineage. And um, we feel that this land needs a healing. And we're wondering, I, I think Shane and his father have something very much to do with that. But what also can we maybe do in the ceremony? What can Shane do? Okay, that is our music. Hold on for a minute, and when we come back, I'll address that when we come back. Thank you. And welcome back, everyone. Kirsten, now you were telling me about the ancestors on Vancouver Island. What part of the island are you on, the north or the south? And are you on Pacific or inner, inner, inner Passage? Well, it's all the Pacific, but we're on the Inside Passage, so we're on the east coast of Vancouver Island. We face the mainland, and where we are, it's called the Salish Sea, um, and it's the big Qualicum River. There's also a little Qualicum about 20 minutes uh, south of so us. So near, near Port McNeil Port Har- or, or Port no, Hardy? That's south. the very, very north end of the island. If you, if you split the island in half, we're probably just uh, a little bit lower, a little bit south of half. Way up okay, the so w- what it is is you're in the narrow passage and you're in the rivers area. So yes. you have all of the ancestors that are blending from all of the land and the sea. So the whole separate reason that island was separated was so that ancestors that were in opposition would be separated out of the land and they would have their own space to go to. And you happen to be living on that separatist ancestor island. So when you're trying to deal with them, you have to deal with their separatist ideas. And their separatist was to re- maintain their spiritual lineage, their physical lineage, as well as the, the impression of how the lineage would go into the future. So, so you mean a long time ago they left the mainland and came here to yes. maintain their... Yes. Okay. Yes. Ancestors, spirits. They, <laughs> they like, bye-bye guys, we're not in your fire ceremonies anymore. <laughs> Quite literally. Mm-hmm. They pilgrimage, spiritual pilgrimage um, um, to that area. Um, so you're dealing with a very different ancestral perspective. I believe Shane was brought back for that reason, to bring some form of physical manifestation balance, even if there is one healer who can manifest out of the lineages, the, of the thousands of lineages that are failing in alcohol and in drug abuse right now. If we can bring one here and tutor them just for a couple no- months, we, these ancestors, wouldn't have something to watch to bitch about anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, so yeah. that would entail him going into his lineage, learning the path of drumming, because if he doesn't learn the drumming language, it's going to be very tough to work with those spirits in the beginning because they have a very different perspective of spirit, spiritual sovereignty. They have an expectation, and yes, spirits do have expectations of how honorable in the ceremony you're going to be. So can he learn that from the ancestors? Because people here are kind of messed up. Even the elders that uh, practice their no. heritage, they're still so kind of messed up. The, the answer is no, and the answer is yes. No from them, because they're going to teach them, he's going to, he would learn in, 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 in an imprinted way. 
Sorry, uh, them who are you speaking of? The, the living ancestors, the okay. ones that are physically on the island. The spirit okay. ancestors, that will determine his personal level of how well the drum or the, speak, the talking rattle speaks to his soul. Everyone follows that path and journey differently. And if he wants to follow the path of the drummer, you know, he's going to uh, essentially be being a traveling, sh- a traveling shaman for just long enough to learn the spirit language. Now, once he learns the spiritual language, he's got to find a, 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 a nest and ground and root in it and know that the spirits will bring to him the journeys. The journeys of the mind, the journeys of the heart, the journeys of love, and the journey into healing. They're asking you to grow roots, and if you want to work with those roots, learn the drum, learn healing, and the natural revelation unfolding of who you are and what you are will happen without worry, without fear, without disharmony, that it'll all simply work to a perfect great mysteries plan. Stop trying to figure the plan out and just let it happen. Okay. You're there for a reason, kid. If I had this information when I was nine, after my experience, I'd be different. I'd be able to do a thousand times more what I do now. But I had to go through my frustration times with my own family and my own friends until I discovered my own way. Does his dad tie into this at all, or was he just the catalyst to get him here? Both. He does and he doesn't. At some point, the father may try to reinstill himself in his life, because for every time this child, he heals himself, he heals everyone that's a part of his birth trauma. Oh, no. He, I'm his stepmom, remember. We, his dad's here with him. No, he, he will get healed, healed also. Everyone that was a part of it will be healed. Yeah, okay. The doctor, the nurse, his first grade student, his first grade friends, all of them are going to get something out of this because he survived past his contract time. Cool. But that's a great responsibility. Okay? That means he has to live a life of impeccability and the journey into impeccability. And what does impeccability really mean to a 19-year-old kid? He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. It means you're, you're, you're trying to be your authentic self as often as possible so people do not find flaws in who you are. When people are disarmed from finding flaws, they find the beauty, they find the joy, and they find the space to let healing energies in, which is what you do. Just by being born, you are a... A, a focal point of spiritual energy and pranic energy that you bring into your aura and recycle back out into your aura and then leave in places for people to come and pick up and use for themselves. Your spirit, your skin suit are designed like that, like a fountain of water, rejuvenating life force. Wow. Now honor that body. And say, I'm going to work with you in a new way. And we will still accept our old ways. I will just see the habits that prevent me from expanding who I am. The fact that you wanted to go to a a homeopathic college or or a new new age type college, beautiful. But that's just what you would have done so your mom felt good. Because it's a college. Okay? Okay. 
Are you going to be self-educated this lifetime? Quite possibly. But you will need some form of education so that you can connect with other people who have the passion for healing, the passion for working with people who aren't in the best of scenarios, whether it's cancer, AIDS, children that are, are, are birth, birth trauma children, you know, whatever it is, abused people, military vets coming home. You're making a choice to go out into the trenches where everyone else is afraid. And after a while, it won't be the trenches anymore. You will have ascended enough heart space to know that they too had no knowledge that it was going to be this harsh. But even in that no knowledge state, there were still good enough moments to keep them here. Strong enough connection to the planet to keep them here. So beings like you, me, Kathy, and Kirsten can come along and change the flavor of the stew that's being brewed around us. You're the big hunk of garlic. I'm the big hunk of celery. Kathy's the big hunk of meat. And Kristen's the big potato in the stew. <laughs> I like potatoes. Okay. <laughs> it's all part of the stew, though. Somebody might come in and add cinnamon to it. And then when we don't like the cinnamon, you add more water and more stuff to it. And you barely taste the cinnamon then. You got to start adding the spice to your life and like it. And at least be willing to taste it. Okay. So, do you have an issue with fish? About eating fish? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, I just really strongly dislike the taste of it. Almost to the point that if um, I put it in my mouth, I won't swallow it. Um, or I'll just throw it out. Yeah. Throw where, did get, where did you get that from? I ask that for a reason because I, I, I've been telepathically con- conversing with you about what the issue with fish is. I have no idea. I just, I, I've always. Does your, did you, does your biological mom love fish or hate fish? I have no idea. Did you ever cook fish for dinner? No. Because no, she always wanted to be fair because I didn't like fish. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you something. It was, it was an imprint that you took on from somebody in the family that you weren't going to eat fish. Oh. Wasn't you. And you're still literally allowing some energy to run you that isn't you. It has your mom placating energy in it. Okay? Is it important that he... It's important that he figures out how to stomach fish and get over not being able to eat fish. Because we do have the most beautiful salmon here. I, I'm vegetarian. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> He's got it. It's in the lineage. Yeah, his, his dad body loves needs it. Milk. It'll give him spirit power like he hasn't had before. Okay. I mean, we got it smoked. We got it candied. We got it every which way you want. You are in fish central. You cannot be a fish hater there. Well, I'm going to be, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. No, even though I'm vegetarian, I do appreciate the the food, and I and I every person for themselves, right? I'm I'm more concerned about the consciousness of eating rather than what you're eating. So, well, it doesn't matter what you're eating if it's a fish or a plant; it all has consciousness. Oh, exactly. What I meant is that you're consciously thanking that food for giving it to you. Is right. what I meant. Right. Same thing with a vegetable. I mean, like like I said, you know, you eat you eat vegetables. I'm an omnivore. Somebody else is this and that. It doesn't matter. All food comes from a sentient source. Yeah. 
and it's part of a food chain. And each person comes to their personal energy exchange. Okay? You've made that choice to be vegetarian. You figured out how to bring the protein in your life to not look haggled or, or like many of the other raw vegans out there, unhealthy. And that's the truth. And if I'm going to get a backlash from it, that's fine because it's a harsh truth. Many, many vegans need to know mm-hmm. or vet, hardcore vegetarians that you are missing major protein until you find some kind of natural protein substitute. Being vegetarian will make you very gaunt, make you very um, – you may appear to be healthy, but in fact you aren't. Without the protein, you're not. You're still mm-hmm. consuming muscle every 15 days. You're eating a little bit of your own muscle and then putting it back in. Eating a little bit of your own muscle and putting it back in. That is changing your natural metabolism in self-consumption. Self-consumption is not, not natural chi breathing and the, the whole breatharian concept. You cannot consume on yourself. It's always an expansion of the self. Everyone makes the choice of what they eat. And none of us can be in judgment of it because these skin suits run on fuel. And that fuel is a part of a predator-prey system that we all agreed to at birth. Being aware of it, dealing with it, sending ancestral energy with it, so it does not provide angles of debate and argument and, and pull of, of how life should be led. You live it because you, you love it. You're a vegetarian because you chose it, and it gave you your beautiful expression of who you are today. Well, guys, this has been really, really special. Thank you for calling in. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for calling. And Shane, you got a, you got a, you got a great journey ahead of you. And I would really love to hear back from you in a couple of weeks to hear what your decisions are of what it is that you're going to do and, and how things have changed for you. All right. Now that we've got this Skype thing figured out, we can do that. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, you take it easy to have a good day. Thank you, you too. Okay. Kathy, that was, that, was, that was a fun session. Fun, oh, fun, yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, always when you see people on the brink of discovery, it's an exciting time. Confusing, but exciting. Right. So, Kathy, we have one last caller left. 613, your name and where you're calling from? Hello, Andrew and Kathy. This is Vanya from Ottawa, Canada. Vanya from Ottawa, Canada, another Canadian. How are you doing today? I'm so pleased to finally get through. And you made it. So what kind of questions do you have? Help. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been on a journey like all of your callers, and I'm so grateful I am a member of your site. I'll be coming to see you in uh, September. So um, looking forward to that, but um, I'm on this major pathway of change, and I don't understand what I, my purpose is anymore. I thought it was one thing, now I'm going through a big shift, and I don't understand, and I'm trying to help myself so I can help other people, and I really need clarity and guidance because I keep having these processes that are repeating for me, okay. relationship-wise, relationship, boyfriend issues? Well, not boyfriends. I'm not getting any. How's that? <laughs> That's an issue, have... isn't it? That's an issue. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> Different kind I'm of one... issue. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, if, is it a contract I have? No, because it's I... not. 
It's not a contract. It, 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 I, I, I'll be blunt. Okay. You have an energy about you that you are not being responsible for. And okay. sometimes, we, okay, I'll use another metaphor. We all have an entourage of good and bad energy around us. Your okay. entourage of not so pleasant energy has figured out a really cool strategy. What? Okay. Okay. And that is to eliminate you from having friends that can become around. That okay. can become closer friends. These are the ones that whisper, he's too good, he's too bad, he doesn't have this kind of job, he doesn't have that kind of job, he's too spiritual, he's not enough spiritual, he's haunted, he's not haunted. Those are those external voices projecting into your mind as internal voices. And something you've been dealing with since you tried to date when you were 13, 14 to 20. I can tell you I didn't try dating since I was 13, 14 though. <laughs> yes, but you, you were... I at was. least aware of and observant of others doing yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you I remember the first time you, you, one of your friends told you they, they got laid for the first time? <laughs> um, awkwardly, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I see, awkwardly, yes, because it meant that it left an impression into you all these years later. Yes, it did. Was it a good one or a bad one? Um, from their perspective, not so good. You might think that's affecting you now. Um, I I hope not. It is. Oh. It is. We are all yeah. of our past, present, and future lives simultaneously living, and that initial impression that you had, and a number of others, has solidified your perspective of what a good relationship and a bad relationship looks like. Okay. Mm -hmm. This calls for a time of reevaluating relationships in general. Okay. Okay. You know, were you ever under the perspective that you had to be married to have kids? No. Okay. No. I'm How did you married. earn that? How did you earn that freedom? Um, I knew it. I it was something I've known mm -hmm. since I was a little kid. Just known. Yeah, just known. What else have you known since you were a little kid? Oh my gosh, I don't think we have time for that. Uh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff. Okay. So what I would like to share with you is this is a time of personal rediscovery of the programs you took on as a child that okay. got compounded by different evolutions of the older versions of you from 10 years old to 12 years old to 16 to 20 to 30, so on. Every couple of years, you reevaluate what you believe in and forget about things that no longer forget about things. And once you forget, they're no longer in your belief system and you may not be empowering them. Mm -hmm. But there are other times that you forget about things for so long, but instantly when a question is asked, the memory comes up. Just mm -hmm. like the friend who described their sexual experience that could becoming very bad, mm -hmm. which, has t which has pushed your pendulum of perception to not-so-pragmatic outlooks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay? So there's more that's going on in here. What are you doing for a job? Um, uh, uh, actually, it's a spiritual-based business. Mm -hmm. um, I um, have been a uh, light language channel since 2011. Mm -hmm. um, I do past life regression work. Uh -huh. haven't done it on myself, though, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I do readings, empowerment coaching sessions for people. So, so beautiful. Um, so light language, yako china ta wata ta macha kata wata na ta ma wa chewa ka. Yes, kumbo fa kche mo ta ta ti ti. 
So for all those that are listening there, that was a light language greeting in 27 frequencies of light. <laughs> you, you got that part. Yeah. But you don't have the <laughs> Sorry. Okay, you, you don't have the relationship, and you're mad as hell about it. I'm frustrated. I wouldn't say mad. I'm frustrated. No, you're mad as hell. Just, just like the, 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 the ad just before this radio show, I'm yeah. not going to take it, and I'm mad as hell. That's the <laughs> You guys are funny, yes. That's you silently. Okay. Why hasn't my aura attracted Mr. Right now? <laughs> good, good words, yes. Because Miss Right Now isn't ready for Mr. Right. Okay. Miss Right Now is still looking at all the old Mr. Wrongs mm. and fishing in the wrong hole. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh. That's good. Yes. <laughs> the metaphor here, fishing in the wrong hole, you know, connected with the other caller, is are, are you ready to look at dating at a completely different scale, completely yeah. different level? Yes. Everything that you've learned about it has to be thrown out like the baby in the bathwater. Totally willing to do that. Ready and willing. Okay. What does that look like for you without creating expectations and limitations? Freedom. Is it really freedom? Yes. Or is it hard work that would require your social skills to upkeep and make sure that things are going in the direction that you want without bringing paranoia into yourself or the relationship? Yes, that is a lot of hard work. <laughs> That's what you're afraid of, the work. You still have an expectation that the man will come in and do all the relationship work. And little Miss Princess will get to go around with her handkerchief. That's not nice. <laughs> That's the nine-year-old in you. That's not this adult you. Hmm. That's the one who created that vision. Huh? Hmm. How does your father treat your mother? Divorced. Okay. Well, how he still treat her, treated her somehow. Good. Was he a bigot? Well, you know, was he was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? Did he like muscle cars and ignored the wife until she left him? <laughs> Let's just put this way, not a good guy. Okay. Not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Therefore you have an affinity to not the good guys. Why? Because we're always reflecting what our parents are. Okay. So you in a sense need to remove the signature frequency of the bad guys in your life. Especially the teachers, like your father. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, I'm no longer going to take that imprint, but I will not be gullible to it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We've got a couple minutes. I want to bring Kathy in so, so she has an opportunity to talk to you. And then, you know, maybe we can get you on again, um, have a little bit more further on this. We just have to make sure we can get you in the call queue. Okay. I hope so. Hi. How do you spell your name? Just out of interest. That's very interesting. Thank you, Kathy. It's V as in Victor, A, M as in Nancy, I, A. Oh, very. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank so, you. I diverged. Sorry. <laughs> it was just like, wow, when do you spell that? <laughs> you. you know, I look at your energy and um, relationships and, you know, i got to say there's uh, most of it I do concur with Andrew. Um Mm, I'm not so sure about the handkerchief analogy, (laughs) but I'm not sure my analogy is any better. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say certainly there is there is issues about relationship that that you hold deep within you. You may not even be aware of, but to me, a lot of it is you're very standoffish, um, and I think it's a lot of it is based on the fact that you're very shy. You don't appear to be shy. 
yet you are shy. I think people that know you would be surprised that you're shy. Um, so when you come to relationships, you know, when you meet someone you're interested in, I mean, it's like you've, you know, uh, 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 and just rubbish comes out of your mouth that is just like so inappropriate and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> that wasn't impressive. I, I doubt we'll exchange phone numbers. <laughs> um, and people will mistake that a lot when they, you know, the outside people, when they see that, they think you're a bit snobby or a bit snooty. But in actual fact, it, it is shyness. Um, and that's something that you really need to work on because when you do meet someone that has great potential, they don't get it. They think you're not interested. And mm -hmm. you're sending out, I guess, signal. yeah, I hate to say wrong, but it's not the right signal. Mm -hmm. um, like, they're interested, but the way, and it's not just the words that come out of your mouth, it's your body language, it's your attitude, you just lock down, and that wonderful part of you is gone. <laughs> and you have to find a way to really bring that out. Um, one of the things that you should really consider is joining a group or a class that does public speaking, you know, like the Toastmasters or something. Mm -hmm. Although that's more business related, it would help you really learn how to talk and, and express yourself in a better, more positive way. Thank you so much for calling. I'm sorry we won't have time to complete this more in depth today. We'll talk to you next time, Banya. Bye.